When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Brooks Kepka is your leader at Augusta as they continue play. Round two, Friday at the Masters. He's 12 under par. Got a four-shot lead on two guys. One is obvious, John Rahm, one of the best players in the world. The other one is an amateur named Sam Bennett who's not going to get paid for playing so well in the biggest tournament of them all. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App Series, XM Channel 80. Where you can check us out on your smart speaker by just saying play ESPN Radio. 888-ESPN, the number if you want to jump in with us, 888-729-3776. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Coley Harvey. We go back to the NBA because there are a couple of teams, I think, as we enter the playoffs that this might kind of be their last chance to get it done. Otherwise, there are consequences. Um, And I guess I want to start with Philly first, because I think if they don't make the conference finals, Coley, I think at the very least, I don't know about Harden and the future there, but I think at the very least, they're going to be making a coaching change with Doc Rivers. Ooh, you know, that that's heavy to, to think about, but you might be right, just because this is a team that has, when it comes to the postseason, it's underachieved the last several years. Um and, uh, you know, and again, the Harden question is going to be a question that does get asked throughout these playoffs, uh, which is unfortunate for the players they have to think about and worry about. But it is true. And it's a fair question. Is this going to be it? Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, I would like to think that that Harden would want to continue to see what they can build here. But again, we've seen the way that he, he's been bouncing around team to team, trying to look for the for that ring. Uh, even the reports of him possibly wanting to go back to Houston, which could be a lot harder to get a, wing, a ring there. Excuse me. Um, yep. But uh, but but I, I think it bears uh, bears watching for sure as we no no doubt. Also, so then the Celtics are kind of another interesting case here. After going to the finals last year, expectations are obviously high for them. But Jalen Brown is going to be entering the last year of his contract coming up. And my my history with this is if an NBA player hits unrestricted free agency, there is a good chance that that player is going to be leaving and going somewhere else in free agency. I thought what he said on Key J and Max was interesting this morning, in part because mm. not of what he said, but how he oh, said it yes. with Jason Fitz. T- take a listen to this. What do you want for your future? What do you mean by that? Well, there's a lot of speculation about does Jalen Brown see a long-term future with the Celtics? We spent hours talking about what the future looks like for you in Boston. What do you want? I want to win a championship, of course. I think that's what every player and every athlete plays a game for to win so that would be nice to start do you want to do that in boston uh absolutely why not i think we got a, a great opportunity right now here so um i'm looking forward to the playoffs if i had to identify the most interesting part of that soundbite it's a uh, uh, uh yep it's <laughs> Explain what you're feeling when you hear that answer. It was not exactly an emphatic yes from Jalen Brown. It was not, and it didn't sound like a ringing endorsement to stay in the city of Boston. Uh, And what's 
really kind of interesting is just last night he earned the Red Bowerback Award, uh, which goes annually to the player that best exemplifies what it means to be a Celtic. So it's it's kind of like I don't know if Boston was just like okay, let's give him this to kind of go on and get him thinking about staying here and what it mm-hmm. means to to be mm-hmm. a Celtic and how important he really is to the franchise. But that being said, yeah, that uh, that did not inspire a lot of confidence right away. Uh, again, the rest of his answer, you know, he said what he had to say, which is of course, you know, you, you know, he would he would want to to win I mean, a championship if it's if, in the if I'm the Celtics, I'm doing everything I can to keep him because oh. I think that that position gotcha. is the most important, hardest to find. And I think he and Tatum together, if you keep those two guys together, they're going to win a championship at some point. But Coley, here's the crazy thing. We talked about two teams, right? The Celtics and the, and the Sixers. One of those two, just based on the alignment of the postseason, is not going to make the conference finals. We already said, okay, Philly doesn't make it. It's going to cost Doc his job or maybe even more shakeup than that. You mentioned the Harden-Houston rumors. And then if the Celtics don't make it, I think Jalen Brown becomes one of the most interesting stories of the offseason. Do they want to get him all the way to free agency? Or is there a way that they would consider making a trade with Jalen Brown? So the loser of that second round series, boy, there is a lot at stake mm-hmm. hanging in the balance there. Yeah, the future of your organization probably could depend on, and, and not, not just uh, depending on how, but when in the playoffs that exit could come uh, you know to your point if it's if it is an early exit for the Sixers then oh man that that's that certainly spells a uh, uh, not rebuild but breaking it down for a little bit uh, yep. if it's the Celtics if it's early maybe not quite as desperate but um, but when it comes to to Jalen Brown I'm right there with you that you've got to be throwing the kitchen sink at him because this has been the glue player for your uh, uh, postseason run the last few years, uh, he and Jay- he and uh, Jason Tatum, I mean, they have they have formed such a tandem uh, when it comes to the playoffs and and when it comes to those clutch moments. I I just think you've got to make sure that you keep that particular core in place yeah. if you're Boston. Yep, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer with Coley Harvey. There's one obvious team that jumps out in the West, and it is the Warriors. Okay, um, I just Warriors. think they're getting older. Uh, I don't know how much longer Draymond is going to be there. There was this thought for a while, Coley, that with Wiseman and Kaminga that they could just keep the magic rolling on from one generation to the next. Kaminga's played a little bit better. Wiseman obviously isn't there even anymore. So it does feel like the opportunities for them to wrap up a fifth or a sixth that that those are starting to run a little bit short. I just wonder at his age how much longer Steph, you know, first and foremost, is going to be able to do this. Yeah. You know, and he's been having some of these injuries the last couple of years that have kind of uh, made that even more of a question mark in terms of how is his stability going to be from a health standpoint. Uh, and he's, he's what, 34, I believe now. He's, he's getting a little bit older, uh, uh, has certainly uh, uh, proven what he's needed to prove in the league. He is, uh, without a doubt, uh, made his mark. But that being said, I, I, I just still think, and I mentioned this in the last hour, that this is a team that when it comes to this time of year, I know they haven't put it all together throughout the season. Totally. I totally agree with that. you just never, they're just teams that know how to get it done when the yep. lights are the brightest, and yep. I think that that's, this is that team. I can't believe we're at a place where if I'm the Kings, I want LeBron, but they sort of have it in their own <laughs> yeah. hands tonight. If they beat the Warriors, there's a chance Golden State falls to the play-in, and then all of a sudden they get to deal with the Lakers, which I'd much rather have that yes. than the defending champs coming rolling into my building. One other team in the West that I think is worth mentioning in this conversation about you know what's at stake, whose title window mm-hmm. is closing, 
I mean, how many more postseason runs? You know, Denver's got Jokic, but how many more postseason runs are they going to have if they come up short with sort of this core intact Mm. in the same way? I don't know if they could run it back if they don't get to the conference finals. Well, you know, the thing that does work in their favor is being in the West, where there is a little more fluidity, it feels. um, Whereas, you know, in the the East, it kind of feels like... uh, uh, you, you kind of have those those set teams, even if the windows are closing for certain teams in the, in the East. But uh, but at least there's this level of fluidity where they 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 could they could run it back. I think a lot of people, at least outside of basketball, were a little surprised to see the Nuggets do what all they've done this year. You know, not surprised that they were a good team, but to be as good as they were, as consistent as they were uh, yeah. throughout the season. But it, it's this is a regular season thing, and all anybody's going to remember there. Oh, you know, what do you do in the playoffs? I'm from there, and it's a weird basketball market, but I could care less about uh, about uh, Jokic winning the MVP. I, I, yeah. I want Jokic to win the NBA Finals MVP, MVP. Yeah, at right. this point. <laughs> Canty and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefits, you can go to Progressive.com slash careers. Apply online today by going to Progressive.com slash careers. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He is Coley Harvey. And we keep the NBA talk going and head out to the hotline. We bring in ESPN NBA reporter Tim Bontemps. Tim, we were talking about who has the most at stake, whose title window could be closing. I, I came to the realization either Philly or Boston, one of those two teams is not going to make the conference finals the way the East playoffs is laid out. So for the team that misses out on the conference finals, what do you think the consequences would be? Well, it's funny because actually I'll get to that, but I kind of want to go back to the beginning of your question, which is what team has, what teams and players have the most pressure on them in these playoffs. And because you guys were talking about Denver before I came on, I think the answer to that, both those questions are Nicole Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. Now, I realize that, you know, people have just anointed the Suns as the team everybody, you know, generally thinks is going to come out of the West. But to your point, Nicole Jokic is possibly going to be the three-time MVP of the league. If not, he's going to finish second after winning twice in a row, and averaging, you know, near if not a triple-double this season. And Denver is going to have the number one seed in what's the weakest Western Conference in recent memory, if maybe ever, and is a dominant home court advantage team with one of the best players in the world leading it, right? That, if you just say in a vacuum, hey, the a conference is down, there's a number one seed that has a two-time MVP and has won 90% of its home games, you would say, all right, that team should win the West, right? So to me, looking at this, I think Denver needs to make a deep run and if not make the finals – make the conference finals and make a real legitimate playoff run outside the bubble for the first time. And if they don't, I think that opens up all sorts of questions about what the future of that franchise looks like, what the future of that core looks like, and whether you can win with Nikola Jokic as your best player deep in the playoffs. So, I mean, we'll get to Boston and Philly after, but I just wanted to chime in on that because I, you know, I know people sort of dismiss Denver and dismiss Jokic, but I, to me, there's just so much pressure on them to win in these playoffs because I think it opens up pretty massive existential questions about the franchise going forward if they don't. Tim Coley Harvey here. You you basically just kind of said what I was trying to get out, but I, I didn't say it anywhere near as cleanly as you. So uh, so thank you for <laughs> that. I, I, I do want to stick in the West with you though right now. How good are the Kings when it comes to the playoffs? What can we expect from this team? Well, it's a really interesting question, Coley, because you know, I was just talking about this on TV with Max Kellerman, and he was 
sort of just saying, well, why is everybody dismissing Sacramento? Why, why is everybody, you know, why are they not looking at them like they're looking at Denver? And, I mean, the reasons are the Kings are a bad defensive team, which typically does not work in the playoffs, right? And at the end of the day, as good as De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis have been, they're not on the same level, it would seem to me, as these other guys they're going up against, right? They're not as good as AD and LeBron. They're not as good as, as Steph and Draymond and Clay. They're not as good as Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. They're not as good as, you know, John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. Like, so, I, I, they certainly have had a great season. I think the fact that they're limping into the playoffs is not the best look, right? They just lost the other day to um, the San Antonio Spurs in pretty convincing fashion. They lost to Dallas on Wednesday. Um, you know, a Dallas team that's been terrible for the past month and a half. So we'll see what they look like in the playoffs, quite possibly in a first-round matchup with the Golden State Warriors, who they're probably going to sit everybody against tonight. Um, but, I, I mean, look, their season's been such a success. If they lose even in a sweep in the first round to Golden State, I don't think anybody should look at their season any less of a success than they look at it now. Um, but I do think their offense is good enough, and De'Aaron has been good enough in clutch situations that they can at least be competitive in the first round. But me personally, if they're playing the Clippers or the Warriors or even the Lakers, it's going to be hard for me to pick them to win a series. All right, Tim, I promise eventually we'll get back to the, the Celtics and the Sixers <laughs> thing. But uh, as long as we're fault, talking no, as, as long no, as long as we're talking about the Kings, hang on a second. Because <laughs> if I was them, I would not be resting everybody for this game. I would want to try to get the Lakers and not the Warriors in the first round. Why don't you think they would be approaching it that way? Um well, it's a good question. I think you can make that argument if you want. I mean, frankly, you could also make the argument that the Warriors are 9-30 and 30 on the road, and if you're going to pick a team in the first round to play, you might as well pick a team that can't win a road game if you're going to have home court advantage, right? Uh, so you could argue that. I would rather play the Lakers myself, but I also do think that there's something to the fact that if you're – and this sort of works in reverse, too. There's been so much talk about, oh, you have to avoid Phoenix. You have to avoid Phoenix. You can't play Phoenix. you got to play somebody else. I'm of the belief – that if you are worried about who you're going to play in the first round of the playoffs to that degree, you're not a real contender to do anything anyway. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, just, I just think that's a, a losing mentality to be going into the playoffs going, oh, man, we got to avoid playing Phoenix. we gotta, we got to try to get Sacramento. we got to try to do this or try to do that. I, just, I think you just play who's in front of you. Because if, really, if you really think you can make a run – you're going to have to be really good teams. You're, you're just going to have to at some point. And I think you're just letting the wrong stuff get in your head if you're obsessing about who you're going to play, especially if you're a team like the Kings. And it's really – they could play one of four teams, right? It's not like they're guaranteed to get the Lakers if it goes that way. They could get the Pelicans. They could get the Clippers. They could get the – they could get anybody. So, to me – I think they've got to do what's best for them. Their guys have looked pretty tired, but they need to give them a couple days off and give them time to get rested up and ready to go after what's been a pretty long season. All those guys have been healthy. Basically, none of them missed games. I understand what they're doing, and I don't think it makes a dramatic difference which of these teams they get in the first round. Tim, you're sounding like a coach with that. That that sounds like a loser's mentality. Man, you got me fired up right now. I'm ready to run through a brick wall for somebody <laughs> right now, too. Uh, I do want to go take us back to the East. We were just talking about the uh, the Celtics and the Sixers. Um, Philly, 
you know, this is a team that just got blown out by the Heat uh, last night, but a couple nights before that, they they had that that big performance from Embiid, fifty two points, uh, what thirteen boards. Uh, what can we make of this Sixers team as they start to head into the playoffs? Are they are they uh, are they going to be playing like they did against the Celtics, or are we going to see a team like they did uh, uh, last night against the Heat? Well, I mean, look, last night's game against the Heat, they had literally nothing to play for. And as Doc Rivers said, both during the game to Jared Greenberg and afterwards, yeah. they played like a team with nothing to play for, right? I mean, they were they were out there basically getting some cardio in and then going home for the night. So I wouldn't really take any stock in that game. To go back to Aaron's original question, I mean, with that second-round series, I have been targeting covering the second-round series between Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly, whichever two of those teams were playing since the first day of the season for just the reason that Aaron laid out. Like, whoever loses that series, be it Philly or Boston, there's going to be some pretty existential questions about that team going forward. If Boston loses, you've got the future of Jalen Brown hanging in the balance, right? We'll see if he makes All-NBA and is eligible for the Supermax. If he's not, then there's going to be some real decisions on both sides in terms of whether Jalen's willing to extend off his current deal. And if he's not, then are the Celtics going to go into next season and then potentially go being unrestricted free agent next summer. And then you have the Sixers with, Jay, uh, with James Harden, who could be a free agent this summer. Um, and if they lose in the second round, it's the team that Joel Embiid has said is the best team he's been on in a Philadelphia 76 uniforms. Um, you know, I think Philly is a bit unfortunate in that I do think the three best teams in the NBA are the three best teams in the Eastern Conference, and Philly is probably the third best team, and therefore the third best team in the league might be out in the second round of the playoffs. And if they were in the West, I think they would walk to the finals, personally. So, you know, yeah, look, I mean, there's going to be real consequences probably for either one of those teams if they lose in the second round and real questions about what their future is, which is what makes that series on top of the fact that you've got a couple, you know, longstanding rivals playing. That's what makes it, to me, such a fascinating series because they're just – there really is a lot more on the line than just the trick of the conference finals. It could shape – what those teams look like for the next couple seasons or more. You can listen to Tim Bontemps with Brian Winhurst in the Hoop Collective Mondays and Fridays, available wherever you get your podcasts. He's an ESPN NBA reporter as punishment for redirecting the first question. I'm going to make you answer this, and I'm going to hold you to it. Sure. Who is the next big star in the NBA to change teams, Tim? Mm. Uh, interesting question. How are we, um, <laughs> how are we defining a star? And I'm not saying that to try to get out of it, but like what, like how, what level player are we talking about? I'm talking stops sports center in its tracks, uh, gets you to come off of vacation. If you're on vacation, when it happens. <laughs> well, that's, that's an incredibly short list of players. I mean, I'm trying to think of who, I mean, it's kind of funny. We're in an interesting spot where, you know, not a lot of those guys are really going to be necessarily available anytime soon, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not trying to duck it. I don't have a great answer to that. But what I will say is, um, I think this summer has the potential to see a ton of significant movement in the league because if you look at the way things are right now, like we just talked, we we spent most of the segment talking about how wide open the West is, right? Mm. If you look across both conferences, there's just a ton of parity and a ton of teams that are more or less the same. And when you have a bunch of teams like that that are more or less the same, 
that means everybody has about the same expectations. I mean, look, we spent all this time talking about, you know, can Golden State get out of the West? Can the Lakers get out of the West? Can the Clippers get out of the West? You know what? None of those teams have home court advantage in the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. Right. right? Fair. So you're going to be talking about a lot of teams that have big-time disappointment about what their seasons have looked like. And when you have teams that are really disappointed about their seasons, that leads to significant change in the offseason. And so I think when you look ahead to this summer, I think that there's a lot of guys and a lot of teams that could be examining what their futures look like. And as I thought more about it, I mean, the two sort of most obvious answers to your question are James Harden and Kyrie Irving because both those guys will be courageous this summer. Right. right? And they're probably right. the two most prominent creators this summer. And I, maybe they'll both stay with the Sixers and Mavs, and maybe they'll leave, but they're the ones who have the most immediate direct ability to change their destination. So I would say those guys kind of by default, but I think that these playoffs have the potential to be as wild as any we've seen in recent memory. And I think as a result of that, this summer, with the new CBA in place, with a lot of teams looking to shake things up after disappointing playoffs, I think it's got a chance to be a pretty wild summer from a transactional standpoint with guys moving around the league. Well, Tim, it's going to be a busy season for you. Get some rest, <laughs> and the playoffs are coming. Appreciate it. It's Tim Bontem, CSPN NBA reporter, joining us here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Up next, one of the most popular sports movies ever yes. debuted 30 years ago today. Oh. We will relitigate some things from the Sandlot. Next, yes. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Coley Harvey. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. We're playing a song about thunder because we are in another rain delay at a uh, the the rain coming in here hitting us during the show wow coley uh we're in another rain delay at augusta at the masters brooks kepka four shot lead canty and carlin espn radio espn app sirius xm channel 80 you can listen on your smart speaker all you have to do is ask to play espn radio here, here comes get the thunder ready here comes the sports god down from the heavens to <laughs> Triple eight, say ESPN is our number, 888-729-3776. And the sports god, Coley, has declared that we celebrate and honor the Sandlot, which came out 30 years ago today. Um, And I think it's one of the best, though not the best, baseball movie of all time. I I have to go with the best. And my reasoning is this. Look, 
I know, I know, I know. But the thing is, I was a little bit younger than the kids in the movie at the time that the movie came out. So I've watched The Sandlot easily hundreds of times in my life. And it always brings back such fond memories of not just the movie, but even playing in the backyard with my friends. I mean, I was a baseball guy before anything else, and I still am. That's my favorite sport. So The Sandlot is my number one baseball movie. Yes, technically there are better baseball movies that were made, but it's still my number one. <laughs> so, I mean, I, first of all, I thought Moneyball was great. And at Major League, just in terms of like building the drama for yeah. a moment and a just as, some, as someone who's by a uh, Major League too. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. As somebody who's biased and in Cleveland, you know, the, the reality is like for many years, the, the Major League last at bat was the greatest moment in Indians modern history. <laughs> Going all the way back to the, your, the greatest game your team ever played was actually in a movie until 95 and 97 when they, they made the World Series. All right, I have a couple of nitpicks with the Sandlot. Can we go oh, through God. a couple of these okay. and then? Okay, first of all. Uh, the Babe Ruth autographed baseball. Yes, yeah. I find it very hard to believe. Yes, I'm with you. That the that they hadn't heard of Babe Ruth, and then that no one said, "Oh, look who signed this ball!" before it got clubbed over the yes. fence so that the beast could protect it. <laughs> like no one noticed that the the ball was signed and who it was signed by. This didn't occur to anybody. I don't care who you are, whether you're a kid or an adult. First thing you do when you look at a baseball, a brand new shiny baseball, you're rolling it around in your hand. You're feeling the seams, you're reading everything on it. And if you're a kid that sees, not baby, but Babe Ruth, <laughs> what are you going to do? Why are you going to play with that ball? So I, I, I'm absolutely with you on that. T- totally unbelievable. And then once you hit that ball over the wall, I mean, let's, I don't care how afraid you are of the neighbor <laughs> or of the James Earl Jones guy who lives in the house. I'm sorry you're knocking on the door and you're getting your Babe Ruth autographed baseball back in 100%. two freaking seconds 100%. and not building some kind of crazy erector set that makes for a better movie, but a much less plausible plot line. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 but that's the thing. It, it's 100 percent pure fiction. That That's the reason why you got to go through all the machinations, you know, telling the ghost story of the the man who lives next door and the beast that lived next door you know you, you got to play up that drama that that's part of the the charm of the movie but right, it's here, believable absolutely not here is my third thing in 2023 if squints tries to pull that move with Wendy Peppercorn <laughs> hauled away in, in handcuffs handcuffs yes. agree or disagree 100% agree even if he's 11 years old or whatever uh, different time <laughs> you can't do that not now no nope that is it certainly you're not going to get married to her later which is one of the most improbable okay then the end i know everybody likes you know benny the jet rodriguez pinch running at third and stealing home as a los angeles dodger or whatever but if benny the jet was really that good of a player why is he pinch Pinch running running. like if he's if he's got enough speed to steal home wouldn't he be starting the game and playing center field Can't he like hit a double or something or a triple to start off a rally? You know, hit a hit a bomb deep in the yard. I don't know. Do something to show off that he was still a good ball player, not just a fast ball player. I'm with you on that. And but, then, but again, it's still a great movie. I love it. it, it look, I'm not taking anything. It is a great. Mo- it's just as I've grown up, these are the things that maybe I just can't enjoy things anymore. But these are the things that bother me. And then my last one is okay. You're James Earl Jones. You're however old he's supposed to be in the movie. You know, a 96-year-old blind guy or whatever. (laughs) I don't care how nice these kids are. 
and I don't care how bad you feel for them. If you have a baseball signed by the entire 1927 Yankees, you're not handing that to an 11-year-old under any circ. That ball belongs in a museum in Cooperstown, New York, not in someone's closet and certainly not in the hands of some grubby little 11-year-old kid who didn't know who Babe Ruth was 10 minutes ago. <laughs> that is the funny part, though. The kid didn't know who he was. And you're still going to give him the ball. I-, I just like how he's like, oh. George? You talking about George? Oh yeah, I know George. <laughs> George, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people called Babe Ruth George during right. his playing career. But he played against Babe, you know, according to the legend of the movie. So, uh-huh. yeah. so yeah, uh-huh. he, he, sure. he knew George real well. Would you celebrate a Sandlot too? Like, is there is, is this a Sandlot too? What? No. Yes, there's no. a Sandlot. There is a Sandlot too. It what happens no, in Sandlot too? Nowhere near as good. I, you know, to be honest, I don't even really remember the plot line because it was just that bad of a movie. But uh, nowhere near. Who's in it? The great Hambino? Does uh, Hambino come back? Or no, we I, have? I don't think any of the kids. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I don't think any of the get kids are at it. Then I can't I, say I, that I it's think, really another Sandlot. I think Squints might be in it, but not as that character. I think he's a different character. It's <laughs> oh, just, this is me going off of memory from however long it's been for, since that movie came out. All right. Well, I'm going to have to dig in and watch some clips from the Sandlot, too. In the meantime, <laughs> did a walk-off home run put one player deep in the doghouse? We'll talk about that next. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. He's Coley Harvey. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. It went from the greatest day of Garrett Mitchell's life to him being in the doghouse real quick. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80 on your smart speaker. You can tell it to play ESPN Radio, 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We'll have more on this story coming up, but we're just looking at footage right now, Coley, of a tree that collapsed behind the 15th green at Augusta National. We're in a weather delay, but it looks like a gust of wind came and knocked over. And I'm not talking about a small tree. This no. is a massive tree that went down. So we'll keep you updated what's going on at Augusta and how that might affect the tournament. And obviously hoping that nobody got hurt when this tree went down. We'll keep you posted what's going on there. In the meantime, you heard the highlight there from WTMJ in Milwaukee. Garrett Mitchell of the Brewers hits a walk-off home run. He's feeling great. He's feeling good. He's feeling awesome. And then all of a sudden he does this in the post-game interview. Take a listen. You showed that bun early in the at-bat. What were you just trying to get on and get a rally going? Decided a homer would settle it instead? You know, I was thinking about this, but uh, when my wife doesn't show up to the games, usually something good happens. So at the 
going into that battle. I was like, man, well, she's not here, so might as well do something fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Aaron, I, I'm not married, so I, I can't really speak to this, but I, I I don't think I could do that to my wife in front of, uh, you know, a stadium full of people and thousands of people watching on TV and now on the Internet. I, I, I don't think I could do that. <laughs> so Haley Mitchell, Garrett's wife, tweeted... Back at this video, which was posted by Bally Sports Wisconsin. You won't say it to my face, though. And then she responded to another tweet and said, he did not stutter. Meanwhile, I missed the game because I was busy stocking his fridge. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to tell. You know, if you're if you're Haley Mitchell, I don't know if you're laughing at this. Or if you're angry at this, but I guarantee you, you're not showing up at another game for a while, right? Yeah, you know, I think if I'm the Brewers, I say stay away, you know? <laughs> you know, just because uh, good things are, are clearly happening if, if you're superstitious that way, of course. So so do you think, Garrett, yeah, is it is it a superstition thing that you think is going on here? Or do you think he's saying, okay, my wife is here, oh, squeezing the bat a little tighter mm. i'm pressing i can't relax because i feel like i want to perform so well and impress her <laughs> I, th- I think it's a superstition I, you know I, again i'm not a pro athlete i've never been a pro athlete never will be a pro athlete unfortunately i'd love to but um i, I don't think that a, an athlete is standing in the batter's box at that moment oh my gosh my wife is here i'm, I'm nervous I, I i got i can't disappoint her i've got to i don't think that's happening i think it's just purely one of those things that they've probably joked about uh sitting around at home like oh yeah you didn't show up and i went three for four today with a homer and a triple or something you know and so it's taken on a life of its own among them but now the rest of the world knows <laughs> and she's just gonna have to stay away at this point if you're uh, if you're pulling for that team uh dominic tweeted uh at you know the this video with sophia minnert who is the interviewer from right. uh, the brewers television network after making the joke with sophia Garrett joked that he plays better when Haley isn't at the ballpark. Garrett made sure to say he's excited to spend the off day with her, to which Haley Cruz Mitchell responded, trying not to sleep on the couch. (laughs) Is that a thing? You're not the right person to answer this because you said it. You're not married. Right. My wife has been really mad at me before. Never once has she said, I'm going to make you go sleep on the couch. Now, maybe we have a king size bed, so maybe like she'll be sleeping way on one side (laughs) to send a message. But never once have I had to go and actually sleep on the couch. Stash is producing with us today and he joins the show. Stash, you got headphones for a second. I just wanted to ask another married guy. (laughs) Stash, have you ever actually had to sleep on the couch? No, right? Is that something that actually ever happens? I'm sure it does. It has not happened to me, thank God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it feels like such an old school punishment to try to put on somebody to sleep on the couch. But I don't know how practical in the end it really is. Um, but I do think if it's legit that he plays better with her not there, hey. sorry, Hey, you gotta, you gotta stay home. You gotta stay home. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like the fact that she came back and said, "Hey, look, I was doing something for you. Don't forget about that. That's the reason I wasn't there." <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's you know, fans believe in these crazy game day superstition things. I always laugh at fans like I'll be watching a game with that say 
things aren't going well and they get up and they switch seats. Like, come on. Do you really believe that there is some higher power saying, oh, yeah. you know, the, uh, the, the Orioles are likely to have a better day today because you're not sitting in the same spot on the couch that you were sitting in last week? Yeah. These are the nutty things that sports, let alone fans, but also players believe in these crazy superstitions. You know, it goes back to that moment when you were a kid. I, I just think about myself. I, you know, I'm from Atlanta. I grew up a big Braves fan, and I, I didn't mean to rub some salt in the wound, but you mentioned 95 and, and Cleveland yeah. in uh, uh-huh. the last segment. So that was a great memory for me. David Justice hitting the home run in the sixth inning of Game 6 of the World Series. That year. Great memory yeah. for me. Yeah, um, pretty, pretty big uh, Eric <laughs> Gregg strike zone in that game, hey, as hey, I remember. Hey, Eric Gregg got the Braves back two years later, though. <laughs> 97 in the NLCS. So, um, but, uh, but no, you know, I, I had those moments as a kid growing up. I, I would stay in the exact same spot. Uh, I would do the exact same thing as long as a, a guy didn't strike out or, or whatever. I'm going to stay in that spot. I felt like I was having some kind right. of control. So, so somehow matter, in the back adult, of your mind. I don't think that way. In the back of your mind, David Justice was like, hmm, a young Coley <laughs> yes, Harvey yes. is standing in the same state. I yes. think it is time for me to smash a giant home run <laughs> <Yes>. now. <laughs> or as if there's some karmic energy. I don't, you know what it is? As fans, you have no say no over say. how the game goes at all. And you're trying to trick your brain into thinking that you actually do have some impact or some way of, of conveying a certain energy to make something happen in the game. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no sense. I mean, that, that's what I said. As a kid, I was that way. You know, yeah. I was that way watching. Sandlot, oh, I know. I know now. grown 50 year <laughs> old too. men watching too. the Cleveland Browns that do this. <laughs> Tune in NL battle Sunday as the Braves. Speaking of the Braves host hey, the hey. Padres coverage of Sunday night baseball, six o'clock Eastern on ESPN radio, the ESPN app, seven o'clock on ESPN. Who are the most dangerous play in teams in the NBA? We discuss next on ESPN radio. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.